Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Keep It Wise segment of the A Word to the Wise podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Jumi Moses, and we are in season two, people. If you listen to Monday's episode, you would have heard that this is season two. So I'm excited to be back, and I'm excited to bring back these segments for you guys. As I always say, these segments are dedicated to you and your dilemmas and me trying my hardest to give you the best possible advice. So remember, if you're looking to get advice on the show, you want to email a word to the wise pod at gmail.com or you want to send a DM to a word to the wise pod on Instagram, or you can send a voice note, whatever you feel more comfortable with. If you actually hit the details to the show, um, the show notes, whatever you want to call it, you're going to see the option to actually send in a voice note. So if you ever want to send in a voice note, instead of writing in and asking for advice, feel free to do so. However, today's episode is going to be a little bit different, or I should say today's segment of Keep It Wise is going to be a little bit different than the other segments that you've heard on the show. Because typically, what do I do? I read out advice. Um, No, sorry. I read out your dilemma and then I proceed to give you advice. But on today's Keep It Wise segment, I'm going to take a little bit of a spin. I'm going to pivot a little bit because If you listen to Monday's episode, I was talking about the NSARS movement going on in Nigeria. And for those of you who are not familiar with NSARS, NSARS is basically a decentralized social movement against police brutality in Nigeria. And the slogan NSARS stands for Special Anti-Robbery Squad, SARS for short. And it is a controversial unit of the police force, of the Nigerian police force to be exact, with a long record of abuse, killing, robbery, you know, all sorts of atrocities towards Nigerian citizens. So the people of Nigeria, my people, are fighting against this brutality. So yes, we discussed this on Monday's episode. I discussed it with Edwa and Osai, and it was a very insightful conversation, much needed. And if you listen to it, um, we're just we sound really hopeful. We sound super excited. We just could never see a like we couldn't envision a moment where Nigeria would actually um, Nigerian citizens would actually take to the streets and protest because that's just not something that they typically do. Well, um, following the release of that episode, because that episode was released on Monday the 19th, following Monday the 19th, there was a massacre in Nigeria. It was called the Lekki Massacre on October 28th, 20th, I should say. And basically, on the night of the 20th, October 2020, Nigerian armed forces shot at NSARS protesters at the Lekki toll gate in Lagos, Nigeria. And Amnesty International um, states that at least 12 protesters were killed. And so far, the governor of Lagos State has denied any loss of life by gunfire. Um, The Nigerian army also has denied any involvement, which is just very mind boggling because, you know, from the videos that were online, um, it is clear that the people shooting at the protesters was the army. Um, They've also stolen bodies to reduce the body count. Um, They also shut down cameras and CCTV 
just so that there wouldn't be evidence of such. However, people were on their phones and live streaming it on their lives. So people actually were able to see what was going on. So since then, it's been very somber and it's been very hard for a lot of Nigerians and non-Nigerians who are following this and anybody who's just like, you know, invested in the lives of um, people in general, um, black people, Nigerian people, um, people who are following this. It's been very, very, very difficult for all of us. It's been difficult for me, um, to say the least. And on this episode, like I said, um, I do want to address this because I think it's important, but like I said, it is dedicated to you. So I actually reached out to listeners, Nigerian listeners to get their perspective on how this these recent events have really affected them mentally and what they think about the whole thing um, because we are all suffering. I know that when I first heard this, um, and I guess I'll start with myself, right? I'm going to start with how I feel. So when I first heard this, I was really numb. I was really shocked. And I, and I think back on it. I'm like, was I naive? Like, you know... I I was super hopeful. I'm like, yes, these people are going out to protest and, you know, they're not giving up. It's been several days. It's been several weeks. And like the fight is still going. I'm seeing people acting very empathetic and compassionate ways towards each other. I'm seeing unity with within Nigerians, just not not just in Nigeria, but in the diaspora. And I can't I don't know if I said that word right, <laughs> but overseas. And um you know, I was super hopeful and I'm not going to lie. Like I've really felt demoralized by the recent events. Um, like I said, I just, I'm shocked, didn't see it coming. And it's funny though, because recently the president actually got on television yesterday and addressed, um, Nigerians, addressed the nation and literally said, and I quote, the spreading of deliberate falsehood and misinformation through the social media in particular, that is government is oblivious to the pains and plight of its citizens is a ploy to mislead the unwary within and outside Nigeria into unfair judgment and disruptive behavior. And he also said the promptness with which we have acted seem to have been miscounted as a sign of weakness. So not only is the president not acknowledging the plight of his country, he's basically calling it fake news. And this comes two days after the massacre, the Lekki massacre. So like I said, originally I was numb. I was like, wait, this isn't true. This isn't happening. And my heart was so heavy, so heavy. Next day, I'm in tears, crying. Because I just don't understand why we constantly have to beg for basic human rights. And I just, you know, I was just kind of sitting in my apartment heavy in my privilege that I'm here in the United States, you know, in my comfortable apartment and I don't have to deal with what my fellow people back home are dealing with in Nigeria. And granted, I'm a black woman in America. So 
that already is loaded. But to think that like, I'm not really comfortable here, you know, like there's always a chip on my shoulder. And then to know that I can't go home comfortably, it just, I was really, really demoralized. Didn't know what to do. I'm like, does posting help? You know, I've been donating, I've been signing petitions, but I just felt incredibly hopeless. I just didn't think they would do something like this with the whole world watching, like disheartening. And I just keep asking the questions like, I don't, what do we do? Where do we go from here? Is there actually hope? Can we sustain this movement? Can we keep the fight going? Because we we can't let this fire burn out. We can't let this flame go out. We need a better tomorrow for young people in Nigeria. We need people to be able to have good health care, be able to go to school, be able to live, stay alive. We can't let these people, you know, die in vain. It's been very hard for me. It's been very hard for me to show up at work. I mean, I'm at work. I'm doing what I need to do. But... When I tell you my mental health is just in shambles, it really was in shambles because I just, you know, from the Black Lives Matter movement happening this summer, Corona, like so many things are happening and it boils down to take Corona aside, you know, whatever, but with the whole Black Lives Matter movement, like, and it's not just, you know, America and Nigeria, like there's so many things going on femicides in um, Namibia, um, you know, the silent genocide in the Congo. And it's just like, we're in the 21st century, we're in 2020, and we're still fighting for our dignity, our humanity, and to not be killed, to not be oppressed, to not be violated, I just don't understand why we constantly have to beg for that. You know, I work very well in metaphors, but like, I just think to myself, like, you know, we have all these bullies, all these bullies kind of basically ruling the world and trying to tell people how to live, hoarding resources, abusing people in the most sick, inhumane ways possible that you could possibly think of. And I'm like, when are we going to evolve? When are our minds going to get to the point where, we no longer hurt each other the way that we're hurting each other. When governments actually say, you know what, I'm going to take care of my people. The pain that comes from having to deal with people who look like you, who disrespect you, who dehumanize you, who don't give a damn about you because of you're not rich enough. You're too poor. You're from the wrong tribe. You're from the wrong, wrong religion. You have the wrong skin tone. It's just like, come on, like this is really getting old. It's still the same constant theme. I don't want to be oppressed. I don't want to be looked like looked at as an animal. I just don't know. I don't know where we go from here. I don't know what we do. I don't know how we keep the hope alive. But I am optimistic. I am optimistic and I know that we have to keep fighting. I know that we have to keep raising our voices. So I am optimistic, but it does get very, very, very hard sometimes to just like, you have to fight not to be numb because there's just so many, so many heavy things at once. You have to fight to continue to feel. 
So for me, in order for me to fight and continue to feel my feelings, you know, I do step away from social media sometimes and I, I do reflect, I do pray, but, you know, I'm, 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 I have gratitude for my life. But, you know, when I think about other people, the way they're suffering, especially, you know, my people back home in Nigeria, it's just, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. It's sad. It's like, can we get a break <laughs> You know, can black people get a break? Like, it really is just so much. Anyways, that's just my own little two cents. But like I said, I wanted to hear from you guys as well. So I reached out to listeners who are Nigerian as well to sort of share their feedback and, you know, let us know, let me know, let you, you the listeners, know how they're feeling, how they're looking at this whole situation. Um, pretty, pretty insightful stuff. Didn't choose too many people, just chose about five people. So here, here are some of their thoughts. So the first thing I would want to say is that when the protests begun roughly two weeks back, I didn't think they would gain this much traction, but as they gained more and more traction, I felt more and more empowered and I felt so inspired by the people going out every single day, the people raising funds and i only felt obliged to retweet as much as i could but at the same time i began to feel worried you know the government wasn't taking any any actionable steps so i just wondered where this was all going and unfortunately the government did not respond in kind they started paying thugs to make the protest seem not peaceful the Police were being violent, were being brutal, which is the very thing people were protesting about at first. And what was more empowering was that people felt like they had a voice. Finally, after such a long time, people were out and talking more than about just the protests, talking about the things that were not working. And Again, I was getting more and more anxious. How would the government respond? And on October 20, 20th, 2020, the government effectively ordered the, the, the government effectively killed citizens. And in earnest, I didn't think this would ever happen, you know? Growing up, I have known without a doubt that the country was corrupt. And for some reason, I, I thought it was a case of incompetence or they were inept or they just couldn't do the jobs properly. But I think the past few days have shown that they can but will not do their jobs. That they that they can work for a better, better, a better country, but they have chosen not to. And in view of what happened on October 20th, I will say that the mood for me, my family, for those around me has been, has been sad. I have gotten very, very numb. I have cried and cried. And I have reflected. And I think one of the most compelling things in my mind right now is that we cannot give up october 20th 2020 will not leave my mind because people have died and they cannot die in vain so i will say that after that after being sad 
and being angry i think right now i feel charged i feel like i have no choice but to not give up and keep on fighting for the type of country that i want to see and i think most people should do everything that they can to make sure that those people that have died on october 20th 2020 did not die in vain and i think something that's very difficult for me and i think most other young people is that in we have this inclination to want change now to want change fast but i do believe that change could take its usual form often long and hard um and i think we just need to bide our time and gain experience understand what it takes to run a country and just participate in the democratic process and slowly but surely we will continue making our voices heard and you know when the time comes we will be ready to take charge of this country and help it move forward i would say i'm shell-shocked because i think i'm seeing nigeria for the first time with new eyes um really knowing what it is because call this a loss of innocence or me being naive but i i didn't think that the nigerian government would do this today could do something like this today and so just to kind of lose that that confidence in nigeria a little bit is is really is really hard because i thought we were at a much better place than that and so i i think even beyond this one event i'm i'm really realizing just how rotten at the core this world is just how incredibly rotten how money driven how whitewashed how totally unwelcoming and how privileged i am and all of that just every day realizing i'm not even on this tier of privilege but another tier above just so blessed because it's 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 a horror show it's a wash with horrors and so just to live to live is really is is really a blessing in ways i never in ways i never knew that i could appreciate to this extent um to live like i like i am and and be where i am so i'm just grappling with all of that and honestly just trying to learn more about everything capitalism colonialism neocolonialism just everything it gives me a lot of anxiety because you know the day i ever want to visit 
my home, like, how would that be? Am I, am I going to be walking in fear? So it gives me a lot of anxiety knowing that you don't know what the future holds, and but you keep praying. And I think that's what makes it scary too. You know, it 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 scares me a lot, and I I try not to think about it. I try not to post either because it, like, it doesn't help me. It just makes me feel empty. Like what? Like I want to help, but how can I do that? You know. So, like most Nigerians, I've known about SARS for years, maybe decades even. Um, I know in the past 10 years, specifically the past five years, I've heard of a lot of people, a lot of young people suffering under SARS. Um, I'd heard of brutality, I'd heard of beatings, I'd heard of um, people literally losing their belongings and being robbed. Um, but we, I rarely heard of death. Although since it's Nigeria, I always knew it was possible. But when I heard what they did, a couple of weeks ago I wasn't surprised but I was definitely I felt irritated I felt agitated as well so I completely understand where the NSARS movement came from where it started and I was honestly I was and I'm, I still am proud of the entire movement um, this past week has been rough considering all of that um, I was again I'm not surprised by what the government did I'm not surprised by the lies they told after. Um, but I am angry. I am frustrated. Watching the videos has been extremely hard. Um, but I think it's been important that we know what's happening and that we, are, we continue to be aware of what's happening because they could easily have lied this away if we didn't have social media. Um, I think for me right now, I feel slightly guilty because I'm not in Nigeria and I'm not on the ground trying to do something. Um, I'm donating money, I'm retweeting, but at the same time, you know, I feel like it, myself and a lot of Nigerians, especially the young ones, really want to do something. And I really doubt anyone's going to let this stand. Um, on one hand, I am optimistic for the future because I see what young Nigerians are doing. But I'm also a little scared because I can see exactly what the government's doing because it has done it before. Honestly, the entire movement has made me feel, I don't even know. Like, it's been so weird because now since I'm studying outside of Nigeria, it's just like I see these things happening and the hope for change just dwindles more and more. Like, it's... It's just like terrible. Like I don't even know at this point if there's any hope for us at all. Like where, when is this going to end? Like even if we keep up protesting for the next month or so, is there going to be any change? Is the government going to do anything? And seeing the massacre um, at on um, the toll gates was just I like I literally just watched the video and saw the shooting and I was like I can't believe that this is happening like people's children are just dying and for what 
and I really just can't believe that like this thing happened at all it's honestly just it's very traumatic it really is it's very triggering because why must we suffer so much like this speaking of sar is just difficult because i feel helpless hopeless and it's just like we can't do anything and i hate that we cannot do anything like yes we're making it known we're putting a light to bring in a light into the darkness and it's great to have that but there's so much more we can do there's so much more that they need us to do and it's just i can't just imagine like waking up and getting a call saying that oh you lost this family member or that friend like that would devastate me and it's just like what our government is doing is just unspeakable it's just like if you do not stand to the attention they kill you and understanding that this this youth they they are the future and yet you're just killing the future and it hurts like it really hurts because it's just like i constantly wake up and it's just like it's there is there going to be a nigeria tomorrow are we gonna are we gonna have a place to call home Am I going to be able to take my future kids home? And it hurts to think about that because it's just like, am I losing my country? Am I losing my heritage? Because that heritage has given me so much and it has taught me who I am meant to be. We have so much to offer as Nigerians. And yet we just, bad things just keep happening, keeps happening, keeps happening. And it is just like, when would it stop? I understand that we are going through a deep, deep darkness at this very moment. Like, we're in it. We're in a darkness. We're in a dark time. And it's just like I'm hoping and praying that we rise up from the darkness because I feel as though we're going to be amazing. As a nation, we're going to be amazing because it's just like we need new systems. We need to put new systems in place. First of all, we need a new leader. Let's talk about that. For the leader not to be able to even come out and say one word about the killing of our youth is just disgraceful. It's disgraceful. And it's sad because I thought the American president needs help, but how ours just need? He needs prayer. He needs to be to be told because I'm thinking do do you not have kids of that age or are your kids old enough that you just don't care about the youth today and it's sad because it's just like you you gonna have grandkids your grandkids are gonna get to that age and what about if they kill your kids you're killing people's children and you just don't care it's just like seeing that pictures on Instagram and stuff is just it's like I need a mental break because it's, it breaks me every time I see it. Every time I have to scroll and then there's another SAR news. Like, it's just, when will it stop? When will we just have redemption? When can we say that, yes, like, we are on the up and up. We need a better, we need a better leadership. We need a better government. 
and we need as the Nigerians in the United States, we need to also fight for our brothers and sisters that are in Nigeria because they, they are doing the tough job. But we also have a job to do where we need to make it known. We need to shout it from the rooftops and let them know, like, this is not okay. We need to stand together as one to make them know that this youth, we are unstoppable. So to all my brothers and sisters, there is hope. There is a light at the end of the darkness. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. We got this. I don't care what they say. I know we're sad, we're depressed, we're hopeless. But something good is coming. Change is coming. And I can feel it in my bones. We got this. And I love you guys. Well, as you heard, those were some very real and raw emotions about the whole NSARS movement and the recent massacre in Nigeria. And yeah, you know, you can tell that people are anxious, people are feeling um, hopeless, but I wanted to end it with the last listener who really just let us know that yes, although these are dark times and these are heavy times, we cannot lose hope. We have to remain positive and we have to remain fighting. And I think all the listeners had that as well, even though there was still a deep sense of sadness because we are mourning and we're probably going to be mourning for some time. But the real goal here, the real lesson here is to be positive and hope for better in spite of the setbacks and moments where we feel like we're not making change or we feel powerless because our voice matters. It matters and we need to continue to voice out the fact that we're not okay with oppression, these inhumane acts. So I know it's heavy, but the whole point is stay positive and there will be change. It might be slow, but there will be change. Well, I will be leaving resources in the show notes if you want to donate to the cause or sign a petition. I'll be leaving links in the show notes. So make sure you check those out. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Till next time, peace and love. Always, always, always. 